On today's episode of Fresh Faith, we have two special guests, global workers in Panama, John and Bianca Fowler. John and Bianca are longtime members of the Bible Chapel. In the early 2000s, the Fowlers played an integral role in our youth ministry, and so Ron and John have a long history of doing ministry together. We recorded this interview at a staff meeting earlier this week, so it does sound like there's a live audience with our team. This episode is full of great stories, banter, and lots of laughter. We knew we had to share this great interview with you on Fresh Faith, so let's check it out. Well, first of all, we just want to thank you guys for, for being here. It's fun to see you and uh, catch up. Well, it's fun to be here. Yep, we're excited to be here, too. You were in Robinson last week, and you uh, preached with uh, Tom. Yep. All right? Yep, yep. Right. We did a little interview and had a chance to share, and that was that was good. It was fun. Tom and I go way back. So That's cool. Seventh grade, we knew each other, Tom and I. Seventh grade. And uh, you came to Christ, which was pretty uh, an amazing conversion. Well... Knowing your background. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, but I, I do know that, you know, I, uh, yeah, 17 years old, I, I, I gave my life to Christ, and he started to do all kinds of stuff in my life, and, and about four years after that, Tom came to Christ, so yeah, that, we have a connection cool. to that. So. That's cool. And then you came here, and uh, Tom started working with the youth group. Mm-hmm. Amanda was working with the youth group, uh-huh. and you asked uh, Amanda's mom if she minded if you introduced the we two. We played matchmaker. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's a dangerous game to play. But, <laughs> but yeah, we did play matchmaker, and it worked out. It's not too bad. I don't think Tom's complaining. So. Uh, no, he hasn't no. so far. No. So. so I want to get in a little bit about uh, your all's history here, and then just the path that God has had you guys on. It's been pretty, pretty amazing to, to see what God's done and the calling that he's put on your life. When Mirko passed away a couple years ago... I want been... to point out that Ron finds humor in people's tragedies. So, for, for, <laughs> Okay, go ahead, Ron. <laughs> okay, so Mirko uh, passed away, and uh, we, John and Barry Fink and I, uh, went to the... You guys were in the States, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we went to the, uh, the service. Mm-hmm. And uh, at, we had a great time, as great a time as you can have about <laughs> going to a funeral. Exactly. We had a, we had a good time. So... Uh, when we got there, our, our flights were crazy, and we got there, we left early in the morning. We got there late. We were we were we were pretty wiped out. We were exhausted. And uh, you guys know Tracy, uh, Tracy uh, Delabasic. She um, we said let's not even call her tonight right. because she's going to want us to come over, mm-hmm. and we're we're wasted. Mm-hmm. I'll see her in the morning. Tired. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, okay. We spent a lot of time in the airport. Dodge the bullet there. <laughs> Whatever happens out of the country happens out. <laughs> and so, um, so uh, yeah. Now I got to get my thoughts back. There's the other problem when we're together. So um, we get there. We're very tired. Yes. And so let's not call. Tracy, but who calls Tracy? I, I, I had to touch base and tell her we were there, and she insisted we would come over. It's like 11 o'clock at Just night. Just like you said. Uh-huh. And there, it's a ways from where we are, and John, well, no, let's not go overnight. Well, she wants us to. I'll talk her out of it. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't talk her out of it. She wants us you to. You can't talk Tracy out of anything. You guys know Tracy. You know Tracy. <laughs> so we get there, and uh, uh, it's, I guess, 11, 15, 11, 30 mm-hmm. at night, and mm-hmm. so... We walk in, and um, again, Tracy's been with people all day long. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I'm trying to be pastoral, you know, because there's Cause very a death. <laughs> and uh, Barry, he's just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. And John, just 
chatting a mile a minute like he always does. John and I are a lot alike. When we're, when we're talking, we're half thinking. And when we're not talking, we're half listening, right? So, so we're, we're there, and uh, Tracy is going with the story. And, and John's popping in and out, trying to, you know. Get more detail. Get, get more detail, yeah. And so 40, I mean, an hour mm-hmm. of talking goes by. Somewhere in that story. We missed the fact that Miracle had been cremated. I don't know if it wasn't shared or we missed it. Mm-hmm. Po- two po- both of those things both, could be both possible. Both are realistic possibilities. <laughs> so um, after a while, we're thinking, okay, all this thing happened during the day. And I think it was Barry who said, well, Tracy, where is Mirka? Uh-huh. And Tracy said, he's upstairs. And John said, the body's upstairs? <laughs> you have to know Tracy. This is a realistic possibility. She could have said, put him in the truck. I'll take him home. I mean, I don't know. For a nanosecond, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we got to go upstairs and see the body. But then Barry says, ashes, you guys, ashes. <laughs> so anyway. Like I say, it was a lot more funny with us. In the moment. In the moment. Because it was so real. Tracy's possible. It's possible for her. <laughs> the like body's that. upstairs. Yes. I first met John when he volunteered uh, for a vacation Bible school. And um, I still remember. I still remember walking out of that front door, and you were outside, and I said, who's that guy over there? And, and someone said, that's John Fowler. His parents started coming to the Bible chapel. Mm-hmm. While well, I was at college. You were at college. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you just came and showed up and, and volunteered. And uh, I, re- I just remember chatting with you, having a great uh, talk, and, and uh, how, watched how you interacted with the kids. And so I said, hey, come and do a, uh, an internship with us mm-hmm. next year. That was at a time when we could just say, come and do an internship, and there wasn't all these things we had to go <laughs> yep, through, right? Yep, yep. And so you came. That's when they let anybody in. So you <laughs> yeah. guys are special. Yeah, now we have background check. Yeah, now they get serious about it. Um, uh, you came and you did an internship, right? Mm-hmm. Under Mike McCormick. Under Mike McCormick. Mm-hmm. That was after your junior year. Uh huh. And so I said, man, we got to get we got to get that guy here. So after your senior year, mm-hmm. uh, you had been married one year. You guys got married in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, after your senior year, then you came and joined our joined our staff. Mm-hmm. So talk about that, uh, John, a little bit. Both of you guys, uh, you're newly married. First position, um, ministry. Uh, we had a little setup that was a little uh, interesting. Unorthodox. Unorthodox. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, we, had to, we had a guy overseeing junior high, overseeing the whole ministry, and John uh, uh, led senior high. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a challenging time. Just talk about that whole thing that you went through when you first came to the Bible Chapel. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was an unusual arrangement. Um, they had hired two youth pastors almost at the same time. Dan Basile was one and, and I was the other. Dan came on about six months before me and then, uh, and he graduated from Dallas. Like, Dallas, you know. <laughs> anyway, whatever. But, uh, so he, uh, he came in, he really, he really had more experience and, and more education. And, um, he, uh, he really was uh, just a gifted guy. He knew a lot of stuff. So um, when I came in, we were working together. It was kind of a, the dream situation where we had a lot of support, a lot of resources, a lot of opportunity, two guys working on the youth ministry together. But it was unusual because while I had the bulk of the students, because I had four grades, 
Dan was my boss, and then also he had the junior high, so he had less students. So he's almost the head and the tail, and I was the, the, the middle. But you know, it was a tough relationship to try to figure out how to navigate. You know, and, and Ron used to say, John, your wives get along better than you guys. You know? <laughs> so that's how much he liked us. Anyway, so yeah, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on your perspective of that time period. No, well, I mean, we just were brand new married. We came here to the Bible Chapel, and um, you know, we started our family here, and I started being involved with the worship ministry, and mm -hmm. so there was a. Um, I, for me, it was a really sweet time. Mm -hmm. You know, your wives did get along better than you. Yes, wife. they did. So I had yes, a they great did. experience working with Stephanie, and um, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, cool. and we really feel like that's when we kind of cut our teeth on ministry. We got started here at the Bible Chapel. You know, we didn't know anything. And, and, uh, and so Ron really had a lapse in judgment and brought us on. And, <laughs> you know, so anyway. You know, what was cool was um, with all those things going on, mm -hmm. and there were some challenges, um, some great ministry was taking place. Mm -hmm. And you guys had uh, such an impact on the youth here mm -hmm. um, that continues to last. You had a, an impact on my kids, mm -hmm. which I'm forever grateful. Mm -hmm. And um, knowing that they were under your leadership uh, just gave me such confidence and, uh, and, and um, thankful, you mm -hmm. know, for that. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys, you, you and Dan were so different, mm -hmm. but you complemented each other mm -hmm. so well. And I think that was, that's always the hardest challenge of leadership. Like, we'll talk more in a little bit because you're in that now, but you have people who, who, you know, just honestly don't get along. Mm -hmm. You and Dan did not get along. Mm -hmm. he, we do now, by the way, because <laughs> we don't work together, so we're great. We brought, and by the way, we brought Dan, we would love to have Dan here. Yeah. This is a story we tell publicly. We had Dan in, yeah. not uh, uh, it's been a few years ago, but and told the same story. And then we we uh, streamed you guys in from Panama at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you guys, you guys did not get along, and yet God used that yeah. to do some great ministry. Yeah. Uh, and make an impact in the lives of kids. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was um, it was it was a interesting time. It impacted us too. I mean, we we feel like we learned so many lessons. I remember my first week here at the Bible Chapel, and I don't know if you remember this, but um, Ron took me and Dan and drove us all around the area, Peters Township, and everything. He said, you know, this is the school, and this is where kids hang out, and this is what this happens. It kind of give us a lay of the land, <clears throat> because I grew up in West Allegheny in that area, so South Hills was new to me, you know. And new to us, you know, and so Ron took us around, and then and then we ended up back at the church, and and then he said something I'll never forget. A few things he said I stay in my mind, <laughs> plague me to this day. But he said, in all honesty, he said, John, when you have a kid, you have the heart of a parent in your hands. And I just remember thinking about how serious it is to be a youth pastor and to take care of teenagers, or to be a children's uh, director and take care of kids, because you know that that's that's the heart of a parent, you know. And so I remember thinking that. From that moment forward, this was not a stepping stone to something better. We need to be fully in when we're here. This is this is our ministry, and we're focused on this. And, and we may die here, you know. And this is what we were only seeing, you know, was youth ministry. And so, those were those were important years for us. And and so even to this day, like some of those kids are, you know, supporting us on the mission field, which now is really humbling. And now their kids have kids, which is which is crazy to think about. It makes me feel old, you know. Yep. But uh, yeah, and it's surprising Ron had confidence because I'll tell a quick story. This hopefully this won't be recorded either. But <laughs> I remember our first time to Panama, and uh, we went to go visit the indigenous village, 
And Tracy had told us, you know, just so you know, like the ladies, they don't wear anything up here, okay? Like, and the men, they have this like napkin thing, okay? And so I was like, okay, kids, brace yourselves, you know? <laughs> so she said to us, she said, if you, uh, she said, just so you know, when you get there, like, like they'll, they'll probably do a welcome dance, you know, and they'll, and they'll likely pull you into the dance, especially guys. And so if you, if you don't want to be sucked into the dance, you've got to act like you're taking pictures. So people are reaching around for anything that looks like a rock, that looks like a camera. You know? I ain't going there, you know. And I remember, and I, I remember this, uh, and, and clear in my head, but, but um, we're standing there, and the ladies start to dance, and there's like 20 of them, right? And who do they grab? But Garrison Moore. The pastor's son, right? Strapping young man, right? Really quiet. But he's, you know, he's standing right next to me. And they, they pull him in. Garrison was, he was good. He was good. Eyes were high. You know? He's in there dancing with 20 half-naked ladies, okay? And I'm watching this thing unfolding going, what's going to happen here, you know? And finally, it's over. Garrison comes back and he stands right next to me. Did I ever tell you this story? Okay, it's safe now. I don't work here. So he, he comes over and he stands and he's not saying anything. And finally, I broke the silence I said Garrison are you doing okay and he goes I've never danced with a girl before <laughs> in that moment I thought two things don't compare this to the future <laughs> and I'm probably gonna lose my job <laughs> but anyway, glad it happened in Panama so. uh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all right. Okay. Thera thera <laughs> the, the therapy has been helping him. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. He's married now. He's married. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, when you came, uh, let's talk about some of the things. Some great things happened here. And John, we didn't do everything right. Well, I mean, you speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we hit yeah. we uh, we made some bad calls on some stuff. Talk about uh, talk about. Uh, Talk about the pond, the, the volleyball pond, the volleyball pond, and then our Saturday night venture. Right. So where we sit right now is where the sanctuary is. But before the sanctuary existed, Ron allowed me to build a volleyball pit. It's the greatest idea that you've ever had. Right outside the youth room. At that time, it was called the Yak. I thought this is an easy win. Kids can play volleyball during you know before and after youth group. Failed to consider the fact that in Western PA sometimes it rains and <laughs> there might need to be drainage included in that. The, the insult to injury was the day I walked in from the back and I saw ducks swimming in the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I needed to think through this a little bit better, you know. But um, that was one. But, but you know. You, but your best day, you said the best day was when we built this building. And yeah, got I, no one was happier than me when they finished the sanctuary because that volleyball pit was gone. No one was ever going to see that again. Um, no, you know, we, we tried a lot of things. Thankfully, we, you know, we felt the freedom to try some stuff. I remember we, we had a youth group on Wednesday nights, and we had Sunday morning, Sunday school, and those were our large group gatherings. And uh, I remember oh, we did a lot of uh, planning that we thought uh, would be sufficient for uh, taking a chance and moving youth group to Saturday nights. And we thought, you know, they're going to start the Saturday night service, and this might be something that we could do, you know. And so we, we really got everybody geared up. And, 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 and everyone was for it. Everybody was for it, man. We, we heard the, uh, the, the support. <laughs> and then the night that we started off our Saturday night youth group, um, I think half the youth group went and had a bonfire at somebody's house. <laughs> and all the people who were for it, you know, they were really excited. And I walked in going, this is not the wow factor I was expecting, you know. So we endured that for a while, and uh, we learned some, some lessons. But, you know, one of the good things is, you know, you got to try stuff in ministry. you got to try mm -hmm. stuff. You can't be afraid to fail because, you know, failure is data. 
you know, it's, it's good, you know, it's, it's okay, you know. What but was that, failures data? Data, D-A-T-A. Did you just make that up? No, no, I just read that on a, <laughs> a Snapple cover somewhere. Probably. Anyway, it, it sounded good. But anyway, I mean, can we cut him out? We'll just talk. <laughs> anyway, no, we, uh, I, I, we thankfully we felt like we were in a place where we, we felt safe to try stuff. And so, you know, we, we let it go for a little while. Then we kind of hustled our way back to Wednesdays and Sundays and, uh, and stuff. But it was a good lesson. A lot of good stuff learned there. So. I never told you the story, but right before we did that, we thought this was going to be the, the best thing we've ever mm -hmm. done. And parents were for it. This mm -hmm. is fantastic. And the kids, oh, we're going to invite our friends. Then we can go out afterwards. This mm -hmm. is perfect. Mm -hmm. So I was at this pastor's thing downtown, and uh, we had a they, someone's had to park our car. So I was with, with the other pastor. I won't say who he was, and we had heard that they did a Saturday night mm -hmm. with youth. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing there waiting on our cars. This is right before we did this, and I said, "Yeah, we're doing some stuff at the Bible Chapel like you guys are doing. We're doing our youth on Saturday nights." And he said, "Saturday nights that'll never work. We've never done that at our church." And I thought, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> Here we what go. did we get into?" <laughs> And we woke up one day, and uh, we had about 30% drop mm -hmm. uh, in our youth group. Mm -hmm. I think so, it was even more than that, maybe, yeah. maybe half. So we, had, we got together that day mm -hmm. and rallied mm -hmm. and said, okay, what's going on here? What do we do? And, uh, and you had some other things. I remember, uh, John, you can talk about this. Um, Garrison's even talked to me about this and felt bad about this. There was a whole group that kind of, we talked about cliques in the youth group, but there mm -hmm. was a whole group that almost... Uh, in a in a proudful way, kind of kind of did their own thing. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yep, yep. And uh, <laughs> Garrison has said he feels terrible about that, and he should have stepped up mm -hmm. and led in a better way with you. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was a hard time too, because that was kind of your core. The people that mm -hmm. we thought were most with us were the ones mm -hmm. that led that bonfire the night of. It was almost a, an intentional statement, you mm -hmm. know. And so, but to their credit, several of those people <clears throat> have come back since. And it sounds funny. It's like it's just a Saturday night service. Why is it a big deal? But those kids felt bad about that, and they came back and apologized later on. I mean, like years later for, for doing that. But um, it was interesting, you know, just, just learning about, you know, people's real feelings and ministry and loyalties and all that kind of stuff and how that all goes, you know. That was hard for you. Talk about that because you took that, you took that personally. And, you, you know, you did it. We did it. We were so excited. We thought this was going to be great. And you got to give it a shot, right? You mm -hmm. can't, like, stop mm -hmm. the next week. Mm-hmm. Well, we could have, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, you felt you took that you took that pretty personally. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, Bianca and I we we poured into these kids. You know, it was our world. And so you know, mm -hmm. you, if you feel like there's there's trust and there's relationships and all that kind of stuff, and then and then when they pull out on you because something doesn't make them happy, that that felt like a stab in the back. You know, because you were counting on their support for that. So it was mm -hmm. it was a, it was a challenge at that time. I remember that was a that was a big hit. Now we don't care, but, you know. <laughs> no, Bianca, what was it like on the other side? Because you were um, just, not, just not, the, not the the duck pond and the Saturday night failures of John, yes. but um, uh, just the things that you uh, experienced here when, when you guys were in the throes of that. So talk about the, talk about the, the other side of that. Now, you're involved in ministry, too. You're on the worship team mm -hmm. and doing all this stuff. And did great. I mean, you're saying this uh, week yeah, on the worship team. Very exciting. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. I mean, from my perspective, whenever we were here, um, you know, we kind of grew with the chapel from like the FLC days, you know, 800, 700, 800 people to, you know, building the 
new worship center and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so there were a lot of changes even within the worship ministry that took place and different things like that. And, um, but my experience was I always felt like it was a place of opportunity and I felt like it was a place. I'm sorry, I'm more serious than you guys. I feel like I should make a joke. <laughs> um, All right, Bianca. <laughs> no, but I, but I did feel like it was a place where um, you could try things. I mean, just the fact that we had those quarterly meetings and the crazy ideas we came up with, and and that didn't get just automatically laughed off the table. You know, mm -hmm. half of them we probably didn't do, but it was, <laughs> it was just the freedom to, um, to, to try things and and know that we we're doing this and we we're. Um, in a community that wanted to serve God and do it the best we could. And um, so from my perspective, even though those things were hard, mm -hmm. um, I think anytime you have like this idea and this thing that you're passionate about and it doesn't go well or, or someone, um, you know, rejects it, it can feel, you can take it personal. Mm -hmm. But um, I think overall, like I would just, cons I would just categorize our time at the chapel as just like a huge, like learning and growing time. I mean, with our family, having two kids mm -hmm. while we were here, and but also just learning in ministry and growing in ministry. And, like, I just always felt so encouraged that, like, I mean, you guys believed in us. And mm -hmm. so that was something yeah. that, you know, we yeah. still think about today, and we still think about the things that God taught us here as we do ministry now. Mm -hmm. So. We do. We always did believe in you guys, and uh, and still do. And the, the cool part is now that we have this partnership in Panama. We're going to get into in a little bit. So. Mm -hmm. Hey, John, I want you to talk about this because uh, as are we going to focus on my failures some more? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's really great. I we like don't this. have time for that. Okay, John. so okay. <laughs> we don't have time. I just hit a couple. Okay, okay, um, okay. One of the things that that you and I used to talk about a lot. We used to walk, remember when this was being built. We, you would just say, "Let's go for a walk." Mm -hmm. We walk around the building. Mm -hmm. um, and I always remember you saying, man, would you stop talking about the numbers in youth group? Yeah. It's not about numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's not about numbers. Yeah. It's about building into these kids. You're always focused on the numbers. And then the other was money. Yeah. Why do we have to do this beyond these walls? Yeah. Just put a pot at the back of the church. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Tell yeah. people to give. I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and now you're, now let's fast forward, because you're in a ministry that, you give a report that tells how many people came and how many kids came to Christ. You got to raise support money. And you got to raise support. Yeah. So that's uh, a little. I I chuckle inside a little bit. Thanks, Ron. On that, but <laughs> but just talk talk about your process through that. Well, yeah, it's it's different on the other side, man. You you know, it's easy to criticize from the back seat, but when you're driving it, you you have a different perspective for sure. You know, and you know that. I mean, even looking at scripture, Jesus had supporters. I mean, you're like, okay, so so you need you need resources to do this. It's got to come from somewhere, and you know, it, like in a family, you know, the the, the dad, mom, they're they're working to provide. It it's comes from leadership. Leadership has to go out and and help with that. That's a big part of the responsibility. So, you know, getting the resources that that was interesting to have to learn how to do that. You know, and um, so now, like in our situation, 100% of what we do is funded by generosity of believers. And I remember a missionary saying to us when we started the process, she said, you will never, this is a missionary in Kiev, she said to us, she, she said, you will never appreciate the, the obedience of believers more than when your life depends on it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you're really, you're, your whole support, it comes from people saying, okay, I'll, I'll get behind you, you know. And so that, that, was, that was big for us. And, and the numbers piece, too, is because 
you know, all those people who get on board and support you, they become part of the ministry. And, and that's a perspective that people don't maybe always share when it comes to missions. Sometimes people look at missionaries like they got their, their hands out and they're asking for donations or pity or something like that. But it's an invitation to participate and it's an invitation to be part of the ministry. And, and then you have to give account to those people. They want to know, are there numbers? <laughs> Is anyone there? You know, are you doing anything? What's happening? So out of responsibility to the people who are participating in the ministry, the, the numbers do, they do have a, a meaning. You know what I mean? And um, I mean, there's a book of the Bible named Numbers. I mean, God cared about numbers, you know? So you look at Acts and the, Luke records all the, 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 the movement of the gospel using numbers to talk about the impact. So, you know, at the time I was probably resisting that, you know, the, the, the numbers conversation and... and uh, but but realizing that it, it doesn't matter because those numbers represent somebody, you know. So so you're right, Ron. You Thank you. Thank you. Right. <laughs> just, say that again and look into the camera. <laughs> so John, after about uh, any uh, by this point, uh, Dan had left, mm -hmm. and now you took on the whole thing. And I think you started to realize um, the part, you know, the, the the strength of that partnership. Mm -hmm. And you guys are good good buddies now, which is so cool to see. Yeah. Um, about seven years, you've been here for seven years, right? Mm -hmm. And we went on another walk. Mm -hmm. Let's go on a walk. Mm -hmm. And you said, ah, oh, man, I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling an itch to do something different. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it, the kids and all that. But you were feeling, you wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. And you'd had this neighbor who was from Russia and, mm -hmm. and you were thinking about missions at the time, mm -hmm. right? And Bianca, your family's in Pittsburgh, so you're here. Yep. And so now you're thinking about missions. So we said, well, okay, let's work. Let's work together on this. We, we love you guys. Let's <laughs> allow you an experience mm -hmm. to see if being over there would be something you'd want to do. And so you went to Russia, right? Mm -hmm. Bianca, tell about that experience. We kind of yep. got you guys. We sent you on a trip. Yes. Um, so I'll back up just a little bit and just talk about how John was excited about missions first. And <laughs> um, he took a class called Perspectives um, that kind of was like a missions 101. Every week he would hear about this new place um, that didn't, that was unreached or that, you know, needed to hear the gospel. And so he would come home every week and be like, I just heard about this place and like we need to go there. And I'm going, okay. I mean, and so all of my family's in Pittsburgh. We just bought a house. So we were here, and I loved my church. I loved our ministry, everything. So I'm thinking, okay, um, if it's God's will, it won't go away. And that's kind of my answer of, like, why well, I don't have to think about it right now. And um, so, <laughs> um, so then, uh, you know, he kept getting more and more excited about missions, and I was getting more afraid to talk about missions because I thought if we talk about it, then we might have to go. And, then, and that was scary to me. Um, and so... Um, shortly after that, um, we started to, to get up before our kids and we would start to pray together in the mornings. And I just, it got to the point where I just kind of had to confess that to God and say, God, I'm afraid. Uh, that's what it is. And, you know, I, and it was a freeing moment when I could say to the Lord, I'm, I'm afraid, but at the, at the end of the day, I want your will more than mine. And so um, from that moment on, like, I really felt like I was able to kind of get excited about the idea of missions, even though there were still a lot of scary things about it. Um, but so, yeah, we did have these friends from that we met from uh, Belarus and we were, you know, learning Russian with them. And they were telling us that there was um, 
nothing going on in Russia for young people. And as a youth pastor, John was like, that cannot be okay. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And so I think that that was just kind of stirring again his his passion and his excitement for like, what might God want to do in the world? And um, so when we had that conversation with you and, mm -hmm. and you said, well, I think you should think about it. You should think about going to Russia. And we were like, okay, we don't know anybody in Russia other than our neighbors who are here. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so we thought, well, how would we get a hold of somebody um, to go over there and kind of see what God is doing? And it was literally a few days later that um, a family um, that we knew from the church, their son had been over there with a ministry and he called us and said, Hey, I'm going back to Russia in April. You want to come? And we were like, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. actually we do. Cause I mean, it was just the Lord put that there. And, um, yeah, so we went to Russia and, um, we, we shadowed a ministry over there that worked with orphans and it was awesome. Um, but it was one of those things we came back and we thought we didn't feel like we, this is where we have to go. We have to go to Russia right now. Um, so and it was shortly after that that John really felt like before we um, went to the mission field that he needed to do seminary. Mm -hmm. And I knew that had to be the Lord because he hates school. <laughs> so I was like, OK. So that was uh, when you told me that that was because we were like in a lot of ways and we have ideas mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we don't, we have an idea today that we don't have next week. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, as Bianca said, you let it go and pray about it if it's still there. Mm -hmm. And when you said, okay, I want to go overseas. And we said, look, you don't say, just don't say Russia, just say overseas. Cause who knows where God's mm -hmm. going to lead you. But you said, it's so important that I get trained before I go. Mm -hmm. And John, mm -hmm. that was a big deal for you. Now, Think of you guys had a salary here, you had friends here, you had an established ministry here, mm -hmm. and we talked about what's the next step for you. If it's not youth, you know, what other things can you do? That's before we did multi-sites, but mm -hmm. you, know, you would have been prime uh, to, to think about uh, taking a campus or whatever. Tell jokes. Tell jokes. Stuff like that. <laughs> Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So, um, but you said, I want to go to Trinity. Uh, Evangelical Divinity School, TEDS, mm -hmm. and that's like a, you guys were there for four years? Mm -hmm. yep. Four years, living on campus. Four yeah. years. So we did that, Lauren and I did that before we got into ministry, but now yeah. you have you, you have this going, you have two or three We had two kids. Remember we told you the day before we left that we were pregnant with our third? Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and, you, and thought you thought we were, we were kidding. Joking. You thought we were kidding. <laughs> you were like, guess serious? what, our apartment's going to be small. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. talk about that decision, both of you, because that's a, I mean, you believe in what God's calling you to do so much mm -hmm. that you say, I am, we're going to go to Chicago. Mm -hmm. We're going to, I think you worked at uh, Starbucks or <laughs> yeah. somewhere. We're going to do whatever it takes to go through this degree program, mm -hmm. get a degree. And, and Jonathan, John, you, Bianca's right. You're, you know, you're not an academic. We're, we're not academics, right? <laughs> no, I'm not. So school was like, I don't. It was a sacrifice of love. Yeah, it really was. It so was, talk about that decision. That's tough. Well, there were some cool things that happened around that time. I mean, I think um, I think when the Lord calls you to do something, you kind of just have to prepare yourself to, to, to walk. And even if you don't see road yet, you start to kind of prepare yourself to walk. So, But I remember um, that, that around that time, uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School uh, uh, 
had a, an offer going out at that time for family members of staff, and my sister was working there at that time. And they said that they would give 40% off for family members who applied that summer. And, um, and it was cool because um, it's kind of a, just a crazy thing, but it, in the same 24-hour period, we found out that, that we were approved for the 40% discount when we applied. And then we shortly thereafter uh, were told by the Bible Chapel in the same 24 hours that you guys were going to invest 50% of, of the education. So in, in 24 hours, 90% of the cost of tuition was gone. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of like little, little. you might not even remember that, but those were little uh, confirmations along the way like, okay, we're, we're, I think we're moving in the right direction. You know, we're just going to trust. And, and so God was kind of paving the road then. At that time, it was hard because the, the, the housing market in Pittsburgh was not so great. Um, and uh, I remember I was down in Panama uh, preaching at camp and uh, on just a guest thing when Mirko invited me down to preach for the teens. And we put our house on the market, and Bianca sold the house in nine days. Mm -hmm. And it was the highest asking price that we were advised to use, and it, and it was the second offer that we took. It was not even, The first offer was on the first day. And uh, so she's kind of trying to get a hold of me in Panama. I'll be like, is it okay if I sell the house now? <laughs> it's like, what? So that was, that was crazy. But there were little, little things like that where I feel like the Lord was just kind of saying, you know, just keep walking, you know. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, went through, went through seminary that was not easy, you know, Greek, Hebrew, and all that stuff. And, and um, yeah. my, my, wife and that. my wife <laughs> prayed me John through, through that. seminary. Four years. I mean, that's hard, Four too. Years. You know, With I remember family. going to seminary early on thinking, mm -hmm. Four years of my life yep, here. Yep. And now you're in the middle of this thing. You're thinking, here's how old I am and here's how old I'm going to be. This is a long time. Yeah, and we were following the call to do missions. So it was like four years of seminary plus whatever else was on the other side of that. And in the end, it ended up being like seven or eight years before we finally got to the mission field. So you had support raising and then language learning in Costa Rica and then finally getting to Panama. And then I remember the discouraging moment, one of my one of my directors at my, at my first uh, team I remember sitting with him and saying, you know, hey, so I'm in this moment, I just feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing as a missionary. I feel kind of lost. I'm like, so like, give me some guidance. Like, what's the best thing I can be doing right now? And he, he said to me, John, he goes, you know what the role of a first-term missionary is? And I'm like, ready with my pen. Do tell. I want to know. Please give me your wisdom. And he said, it's to make it to the second term. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to hear that. I've been through four years of seminary. I've done all this. Other. Now I just got to survive till the till year five, you know. But, but it just sometimes the, the thing is just hanging in there. You know what I mean? Just. You took the first trip when you were, uh, you led a, a group here. You already talked a little bit about that trip. Um, mm -hmm. But the first youth group here to Panama. We had, we had done some, we, we knew Tracy and Mirka. We had in you know, invested in them, and uh, they had invested in us. And But you took the first trip there that really got the relationship started. Mm -hmm. uh, so now uh, we'll we'll circle back to that in a second because that's a cool story. So now you you go through uh, four years of seminary, mm -hmm. and at that point you could have done missions, but then you could have gone. You were, you were doing youth ministry yep. mm -hmm. during Part seminary. Time. You could have gone uh, back into ministry. Mm -hmm. So was that ever a consideration? Like, let's just stay here in the States. we got this thing going on in Chicago. We've already taken You guys took groups to Panama then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, or we, want to, we want to see what God, where God's leading us in the, in the area of global ministry. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, so during seminary, um, so we lived on campus um, with all the international students. And so our kids, it was really cool. They still think that was like the coolest place to live because we lived, all of our neighbors were from Korea and Brazil and Puerto Rico and all over. And um, so 
so that was kind of a cool thing that our kids were just getting exposed to kids from everywhere. They were, you know, sometimes speaking English, sometimes they would all speak their own languages, and our kids were kind of like, well, I think I should learn Korean. Um, but it was a cool, it was just a really cool experience. But um, the whole time we were in seminary, we were praying, God, we'll go anywhere, literally anywhere. I mean, we thought about Russia, we thought about Panama was... Tunch was talking about Turkey. We, Tunch was talking, talking about Turkey. Turkey. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, really, we were kind of like a blank check at that mm -hmm. point. We were like, just show us. We just want it to be your will, not our will. You just and, new missions. Yeah, and so I just, you know, I remember just praying and praying and praying and, and of course, going, Lord, okay, he's going to graduate soon. What's next? What's next? You know, and, um, and it was in 2011 that we went down. I... The boys and I went down to Panama for the first time. He was preaching at camp again, mm -hmm. and um, Mirko said, you cannot come back down here without your family. So They'd never been before. Yeah. So Mirko paid for them to come. So really. he gave I us flyer miles. I was a seminary student. He took care of it. Yeah, there. and so we came down. That was our first time there. And on that trip is when Mirko asked us um, if we'd pray about coming and helping with churches. And so mm -hmm. at that point, we were like, well, that's a direct ask. We can't say no to praying about it. And mm -hmm. I remember, we remember calling you, I think we were sitting in a parking lot somewhere. We were like, we need to call Ron and think, mm -hmm. see what he thinks about this <laughs> idea. Because you knew you had a history with Panama. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah. Yeah, you said something. I remember we were in a McDonald's parking lot when we made that call. And I remember you said something that was kind of weird at first. But you said, uh, and this is a serious moment. I'm not going to make a joke right now. Okay? <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, so I remember saying, uh, I remember saying what we were thinking, and and then you said, "How's your marriage?" And, and that was a weird question because I thought, like, Ron, come on, you know us, we've had we've had road together, you know. But but you said, uh, I asked, "How's your marriage?" Because missions is hard, and if there's a crack in your marriage, missions will make it a canyon. That's what he said. I remember thinking about that, and I have seen so many. We went to language school with about 16 people. And half of those couples are not on the field now. And at least two or three of those couples are not even married anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and it is so true. You yeah. do not understand yourself in every context. And missions brings out some ugly stuff. And stuff you thought was dead and gone, uh, it just has a way of boiling all that to the surface. And so it was, it was true. But um, it was good. It was a good reminder. So you guys, uh, you've graduated from seminary. Mirko's... Mm -hmm. Uh, extended the ask. Mm -hmm. um, you find a, you uh, find a group that uh, focuses on working with churches there, mm -hmm. working with pastors, and now comes the hard part, right? <clears throat> so you want to be there, mm -hmm. but man, talk about that process because now you have to go to the orientation of this thing. You got to go learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. You got to raise support. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff you have to do before you go on the mission field. Mm -hmm. That had to be a hard time. We lived in my mom's basement for that, <laughs> seven months. That was glorious. That was long enough. <laughs> we loved it. Yeah. We, out, by, out by the airport. Oh, yeah, yeah, we moved back to Pittsburgh. We lived with my mom for seven months. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, this is taking a little longer and we can't do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we moved into this like little trailer thing in mm -hmm. the middle of a field in Hopewell. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. The floor was, was falling so... out under our kids' beds. <laughs> Any morning, we didn't know if our kids would be there when we, when we woke up. But, but we Ethan, wanted, are you there? But we didn't want to take them out of the school that they started because we knew we were going to have to take them out later anyway. So anyway, yeah, so that was a funny place to live. But yeah. And then I worked at Chick-fil-A for a little while. Super cool place to work, by the way. 
everybody loves Chick-fil-A, so they're happy when they come in. <laughs> so, yeah, we did all kinds of stuff. He was cutting grass. Um, it was just kind of like you kind of go into the whatever it takes mode. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did all kinds of odds and ends things. And, um, but we learned so much about God's faithfulness in the process of raising support. Think about that because I want anyone listening to this and anyone here today, I want them to hear what you just said. Yeah. God's called you to do something. Mm -hmm. You've just finished four years of seminary. Mm -hmm. God, let's get moving. Mm -hmm. you work, and now you're back living in a trailer with the floor falling out. <laughs> Working at Chick-fil-A. Working at Chick-fil-A, yep. mowing grass. Mm -hmm. Was there mm -hmm. ever a time in there you said, Lord, I don't know that I signed up for this? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Sure, <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, there was discouraging moments. You thought, mm -hmm. man, I went to seminary. Wait, I got my master's. But it, but it was for grass. But it was yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going then on? Then you realized it was from Trinity. So. Yeah, yeah. Ah. The crowd is not pleased. Ron. <laughs> Did you hear them? Right. No, yeah. yeah that's that's, that's hard. a hard. Uh, those are hard moments. I, 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 after seminary, I didn't have a place to go, and I thought, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. we had this deal going on. And we yeah. thought we would raise support fast. We, we were thinking, oh, no, well, you know, we'll go back to Pittsburgh, and we'll just talk to people, and everyone just go, here's all the money we ever had, you know? <laughs> no, I, it did not go like that. <laughs> Seven months in at my mother-in-law's house, I'm like, Bianca, we got to do something. This is not working very well. I remember well. talking, uh, this, no one will appreciate this, but... Um, <laughs> but you're going to hear it anyways. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we were talking about a guy who, like, raised support in a month, and you said, that is so ridiculous. That's just not right. That's just not right. You got, was, a little, you got a little fired up about yeah, that. Yeah, well, we had been down to yeah. Panama with the, the director who was going to be my new boss, and he wanted to see our relationships before he gave us the stamp of approval to open up a team in Panama. And, uh, and we went down there, and Bianca, we met a couple that had just gotten to Panama, and they, they uh, were talking about how hard it was to do support raising. Remember what she said? Yeah, she's like, oh, man, I know. It took us two months. And I was like, we're like four or five months in at that point, and I'm like, wow, that's really hard. I'm like, and at that point, you're like, people hate us, you know? Because <laughs> like, you got like 40% at this point. Yeah, time. man, yeah. We, were, we were just working so hard, writing newsletters and everything, and at the same time, I remember this, this is more information than you want, but in, our, in the basement where we were living, you know, we, I was writing newsletters from, from this little tiny countertop, which was also the bathroom. So, so I'm writing newsletters, and I'd hear a tap on, someone's got to use the bathroom, and i got to leave, and then i got to come back in, but not unless it's safe to come back in, you know what I mean? And I'm writing my newsletters from this little thing, you know? But it, it was hard. It was 18 months, and actually finding out now that that's better than many missionaries, you know, that, that it's hard to raise support. And so we did in 18 months, but it was not easy, man. There were moments I was like, what are we doing, man? What God teach you? Oh. We learned that God is really creative. Um, a lot of times things that you think will happen don't happen, and things that, things that you never even thought would be even a thing or mm -hmm. even possible, like God just surprises you. And, I mean, we, we have so many stories of just the way God provided or the people that we met and how they came to be part of the ministry. And um, it was, even though it was hard, that part of it was so cool, and I would never trade it. And even though, like, there were those times when you're like, what are we doing, like, cutting grass and stuff, like, that was also, like, we got to see God move mm -hmm. in big ways because we needed to see Him move in big ways. 
that if we didn't have the need, maybe we wouldn't have seen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, but. I would agree with that. I think that one of the surprising things is you, sometimes in ministry, like you're, you're counting up all the things, the gifts that you have to bring to the table and all the things you can do and all your talents. And I found that many times the Lord uses you more when you have needs. You run into people because you're like, I'm in trouble. I need some help. And, and all of a sudden a relationship happens. And that, you know, um, uh, I remember a uh, brief story, but the, uh, the organization could have given us three answers when we applied, when we first started with missions. And, and uh, it was yes, no, or, or wait. And they give us a wait. And I know this will be a shock to you, Ron, but they told me that they may think I have ADHD. So anyway, <laughs> they said, we would like you to see a counselor that could give us a, I know I never told you. Now you know why. So, <laughs> so anyway, stop laughing. Anyway, so, so, so they said, we'd like you to go see a counselor and, and find out because this can be a hereditary thing. And so it'd be important for you to know on the mission field if your kids might have that or whatever. So I'm like, man, are you serious? We got to go. Okay, all right, we'll go find it. So we went with this counselor in Chicago and... And um, there's so many cool stories in itself with, with this guy, but, but we, we, I went to talk to him. I had some, some meetings with him, and um, you know, he found out we were, we were broke, too. And he's like, he said, Bianca, Bianca, can you cook? And he goes, I like oatmeal raisin cookies. So every time John comes, you bring a batch of oatmeal raisin cookies, we'll call it square, you know? So, yep. so she, and she would tweak it based on his. Uh, now I have Ez oatmeal cookies. It's a recipe. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so so, so at, at the end of that, though, he said, John, I, I don't have enough information to determine whether you actually have the label. He goes, man, you have a lot of overlapping qualities. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he said, I'd like to be a supporter of yours. So every year he sends a support, you know, yeah. a couple thousand dollars every year. And I'm like, yeah. I never saw that coming. But sometimes out of the needs, not out of the out of the strengths and the provision, but out of the needs, God mm -hmm. does a lot of stuff, you know. So it's it's always interesting. And the other thing is, ministry is everywhere you are. You're you're, you're always on. There's no like, there's no professional Christians, you know. Mm -hmm. Like you're at the gas station, you're at the grocery store. There's people where there's people where there's souls. There's ministry. So mm -hmm. you, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to be blind to that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it just, you just got to remember, like, okay, maybe I'm not on the mission field yet, but I'm already a missionary because I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? So It's a, it's a humbling time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And sometimes God has to humble us pretty significantly mm -hmm. before he uses us. Mm -hmm. so, um, so you guys, uh, you get your support, you go, you do language school. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the coolest moments uh, I've had is when I was in Panama the last time, I mm -hmm. think, because John hadn't invited me back since then. But anyway, um, uh, we were at the, your all's church, and John uh, translated for me mm -hmm. uh, into Spanish. That was, like, cool. That yeah. was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know what you were saying, but... Uh, <laughs> a, a good translator will make a bad preacher good any day. <laughs> Let's go, honey. <laughs> True, true. Mirko would tell me that too. <laughs> I got it for you. <laughs> so, um, so you guys are down there, and you're doing some great work, right? And you're building a team. Mm -hmm. And I remember, <clears throat> I remember when we left, when we met here at the at the church parking lot to go to Mirko's funeral. Mm -hmm. When we were getting ready to turn on his a rock road or whatever down the road there, right behind the church to yep. go, I said, John, why don't you take over mm -hmm. Word of Life? Mm -hmm. Just thinking, boy, it'd be a great. Also thinking, I wanted to see your face. I, I remember looking in the rearview mirror to see your face. Oh, yeah. And, and that's not what you said. You, look, you got in the car and you said, are you ready? And I went, for what? And you go, are you ready? And I was like, what are you talking about, Ron? And he goes, they need a leader. 
And I was like, no. <laughs> Crazy, man. It's not going to happen. So you're with another organization at this time. Right. We had, mm -hmm. we had pioneered a team. Mm -hmm. But you have this great relationship with Mirko. Mm -hmm. Mirko and Tracy started a church in their home. And the sacrifices that they made. Yindi, were you in that church? Uh, the sacrifices they made to tear down and set up their house every day. Mm -hmm. You know, they built they 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 built this church, and then you, then you worked with Mirko, even though you're with a different uh, organization. Mm -hmm. We partnered. You partnered. Mm -hmm. um, so before we go, talk about that. Talk about the impact Mirko had. Uh, he, he's mm -hmm. had such an impact on my life mm -hmm. uh, and our church. Talk mm -hmm. about the impact he had in, in your life. You know, I, I think one of the things that that I just uh, loved about Mirko was just a just one of those regular guys you know you know we could get together we could talk about whatever it didn't have to be business and work it was just like a guy just a friend you know and so you know in a way he was sort of an umbrella for lots of people when he died it was it was a blow for tons of people in Panama you know I know the whole team felt like a cover was gone you know Jindy could speak to that I mean, it was like a man what do we do now you know and he was our original contact and friend, and so it was. It was hard because, you know, right around the time that I felt like our team was getting ready to start to do something, uh, we're going to partner. We're going to have this dynamic relationship, and our two ministries are going to make stuff happen. Boom! Fifty-four years old, he has a heart attack, and uh, he's talking to the doctor, explaining the symptoms, and he he dies and falls over on the floor right in front of the doctor. You know, and man, when that happened, it was like. It was like a dad dying. It was like a, you know, it was a best friend. So it was crazy. You know, but he was a guy who, who just, he just had influence all over. He just had influence. But influence comes through relationships, you know. So, yeah, it was powerful. Well, he thought the world of you as well. And I, and I know that you guys talked about different ways to do ministry together, even though you're in two different organizations, which, mm -hmm. which you guys know on the mission field doesn't, Organization work. is like, yeah. you know, it's like we're not enemies, but we're opponents, and it's mm -hmm. just weird. It's a weird dynamic. There could be competition. See, mm -hmm. so uh, you guys are building that team, and even uh, um, a couple that worked with him mm -hmm. started, went over and worked with you guys. Joined yeah. our team. Yep. And uh, so you guys worked, but you were able to work all, work through all that. Mm -hmm. um, you're in, so you're in Pam. I want to I want to hit this before we we move into the next step. Um, how did your family adjust? Because there was some challenging time. Now you have four kids now, right? When you moved to... We do? Three, well, including John Four. That's but, what I'm talking about. I, mean. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I was I looking forget at that one. Like that. Uh, you, have all, you have all your kids mm -hmm. and John when you moved to Panama. <laughs> there, were some, there were some challenging times getting adjusted. That's not... It's yeah. just not a couple getting adjusted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you got a family, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we... So our kids went to a school in Costa Rica where we went to learn Spanish, and that was... Um, that was great. They loved that school because they were with a lot of other missionary families, so they sort of felt like people understood them. And then we moved to Panama, and um, they went to this really tiny international school, and they hated it. <laughs> so that was really hard. Um, and so we did that for a semester, and then um, we ended up um, switching and moving again within Panama and did homeschool for a couple years. Um, in the meantime, all of this is um, taking place. My mom was battling breast cancer, and she had breast cancer for thir almost 30 years. And so when we left for the mission field, um, you know, she was sick. And so that was one of the things, that was a thing that I had to surrender to the Lord was that I wasn't going to be here for that battle, the rest of that battle. And um, 
so that was hard. I got to come back a couple different times um, to visit her and to be with her when she was sick, but um, that was probably one of my biggest struggles when we first moved to Panama because she was sick and getting sicker and um, and then adjusting with the kids and doing homeschool. So there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, and then shortly after we had moved um, and the boys were doing homeschool, my mom passed away. So then I, you know, we, we were able, the Lord provided for us to be able to come back, for all of us to come back for the funeral, um, which was a huge blessing. Um, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been ups and downs. And so, um, you know, I got to my top level of math uh, with homeschool. So just recently we switched mm -hmm. back to an international school. Um, but, and even in that, I'll, I can be honest and say right now, you know, there's mixed reviews. Like the youngest loves it. The middle guy's kind of like so-so and our oldest is having a little bit harder of a time. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot the, harder time, yeah. especially socially. And so just as a, as a parent, you know, watching all of that take place and feeling responsible for your kids and seeing everybody on Facebook and all the opportunities they have and wondering if you're messing your kids up because you're, you know, you've taken them out of the country, all of those things, you know, you know the truth in, in your heart of hearts, you know that God has a plan for their life and none of this is a surprise to him. But those are still things that mm -hmm. I for sure have wrestled with. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. So you're working with an organization, Mirko passes away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Word of Life, you, you have this great relationship with not just Mirko, but the whole staff. The team. Uh, staff's, except for Yindi, the staff's pretty strong, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're mostly a strong team, Ron. We're yes. mostly yes. a strong team. We have our weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, an, another director comes in, uh -huh. which, follow Mirko, that's just a, that's just a rough act. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always think, like, you know, nobody remembers who, who came in after Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? There's, there's certain <laughs> positions that are just like, man, it's, it's going to be hard, you know, to, to follow that person, to fill their shoes. And so it was a tough situation for this this guy. And, and I do think it was the Lord's will. I mean, I think he uh, came in and I think for what he was called to do, he succeeded. Mm -hmm. But I think it was just for a time. It was for a season. He was there for about a year and a half. And um, it was interesting because I felt like our team was getting strong and it was growing. And then uh, at the same time, our friends on the Word of Life team, we were watching some of the changes and challenges that they didn't ask for that were going on. And, and our hearts were going out to them. We could see some of the stuff that they were experiencing. And uh, and knowing them for the time of the, the length of time, we knew they had so much potential, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was hard to watch that sort of... That, that change happened with the team. Hearing it from, uh, from several on the team, and we would be down there, and they would speak very honestly. And the, the, the couple, they were a great, great couple. Mm -hmm. Again, just a hard, a hard act to follow. And uh, Mirko had set a culture mm -hmm. there that they, it was different for mm -hmm. them, yeah. where they came from. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, some rumblings are going on. Um, I'm, on the, I'm on the Word of Life board at that time, and uh, Tracy's saying, fix this. And I said, Tracy, <laughs> I, I'm like one person on a big board, and I just got on it. And nothing I can, nothing I can do. we got to let this play out. Mm -hmm. But I remember uh, driving back from uh, Tennessee. Uh, Laura had just had a little baby. Mm -hmm. And I was driving back from Tennessee, and uh, Chris Stout had called. He's the director of international ministries. And he said, tell me about John Fowler. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And regardless of that, they still reached out. <laughs> I was like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> they went ahead. They ignored everything yeah. and they reached out. So talk about that story. Talk about the word of life. Because that was a weird, you know, that's mm -hmm. discussion. I thought, man, you'd be great for this. But 
there's a couple hurdles in the way here. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah. now uh, a year and a half, two years later, God has orchestrated this thing where you get a call. It's worked out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're life in, in their culture of their organization is that they definitely favor the home team. And so, like, if you have not grown up through Word of Life, gone to the Institute and, and done everything, you would not be considered for the leadership roles in that organization. So that was a, not an expectation. I mean, it was really kind of a surprise. But because of our history, um, when the leadership came down to sort of take an assessment of the team, they were visiting Word of Life, checking the, the leadership of Word of Life was checking on the Word of Life team in Panama. Um, one of those meetings, uh, they wanted to meet with me and just find out because they knew about our relationship and because I was leading the church that had started in Miracle's home. And so there was, there was some, well, a lot of overlapping relationships. Um, and, uh, and I remember um, in that conversation, they asked me, would you ever be open to the idea? And, and I had to say, I would be. I would be open to this. And uh, I knew that sounded crazy, but uh, I, I was at a point in my ministry where I felt like um, it's, it sounds weird, but I, I wanted another challenge. And I also thought maybe the Lord was kind of transitioning my heart. And, and I'd been watching that team and knowing my team. And there was a, a lot of things in the mix. And, and I had to be honest, I'm like, I actually would be open to talking more about that. So that's kind of how things started from there. Mm -hmm. you know. So you go through the process. And I know uh, we last time we saw each other was in uh, Tampa. Mm -hmm. And I know and you guys were being interviewed. You didn't yep. know that you were, you kind of <laughs> thought you were just going to come and check things out. They mm -hmm. were they were ready to yeah. for you guys to make the transition. Mm -hmm. uh, I know from Word of Life, so many people are very excited that you're there. I talked to the international director um, just this summer, and he said, "We, you know, what a gift God has uh, given us in in Panama." Mm. Uh, Bianca, for sure, and then. Uh, you know, John comes with her. Uh, but um, no talk about um, that's been a you know. So you got you got me, Erico. Why do you work here? <laughs> Turn the camera around. <laughs> we won't even answer that. We won't even do it. Um, uh, Mirko start. Mirko and Tracy started Word of Life. Mm -hmm. I mean, they started Word of Life. Founders, yeah. Founders built the camp, cleared the trees, everything there, right? Mm -hmm. Mirko, like, he's gone. Mm -hmm. And there's no uh, immediate person to take over. Mm -hmm. Bring someone else in. So now you've got this, our founder's gone. Mm -hmm. This other thing didn't work out quite right. Mm -hmm. And now you step in there. Talk mm -hmm. about some of the, so now we got we to build trust. So you know the group. But now this is different because you're leading the group. They knew me as friend. They knew me as Miracle's friend. They knew me as their friend. They'd never known me as their as their director or their leader. So you got to build. You, you have to establish yourself as a leader. Mm -hmm. You have to uh, do that in, in a way that keeps the team together. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of probably some grief that hasn't taken place because it got put on hold trying uh -huh. to figure out this two and a half years or sorry a year and a half or two of what mm -hmm. the other leader. Mm -hmm. Healing has a lot of stuff going on, probably still. So, so, so talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're still in the process. I mean, I've only been in this in this chair for about four or five months, so we're still we're still in the process of, of doing that. But we really see. Uh, I think it's just ministry of presence. You just you just being with the team and letting them see who you are. And they, they want to know. There's a lot of times I think I think people instinctively ask two questions. Like when they, when a new leader walks in the room, it's like. Is this person really a leader, and do they see me? Do they care about me? 
do I matter to them? You know, I guess that's four questions. Anyway, <laughs> but, but I think uh, I've never been good at math. Anyway, I just, yeah, I think that there's a, there's a, there's a question about this. So it takes time to sort of show that, prove that, be that person. And, and, and you know, we're in process with that. But I think um, the team, I see the team rallying. I see a lot of really cool things happening, setting a culture of who we're going to be, um, honoring the past, re remembering the past, and acknowledging the great things that God did, but reminding people that, that we can't live in the past and we move forward. And, and you're not a futuristic thinker, Ron, but you know, for those of us that look out into the future, you know, um, you know, I'm teasing. But yeah, I, I think you have to do both sides. I think you have to do both sides. So, so um, for example, one of the first projects that we wanted to take on with the camp was um, was the, the bonfire area. Can I share that story? Real sure. Quick? Yeah. Okay. So um, Tracy had told me because they that she uh, also felt like the team had not healed. There was still a lot of like. Uh, pain lingering in the air and you never really get over someone dying that you love you know that there's always that hole there but but there was still some stuff that was put on hold and she had miracles ashes and she was like I don't know what to do with with this so uh, we had talked and and she said you know John Mirko's favorite night of camp was always the bonfire night because you know all these kids would come up and they'd take a branch and they'd put their branch on the fire and it was a representation of their life and they'd make a decision to give their lives to Christ and it was always a powerful night, and it was his favorite night to preach and everything. So we thought, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that bonfire area, which, by the way, the Bible Chapel was the, the first group that built those concrete benches down there in 2006 when we went down. Mm -hmm. Those benches have been around so long that, that the bonfire area had started to earn the name the cemetery because the, the benches <laughs> were all wonky and falling apart. <laughs> Um, and we, we ripped out all those benches and we put a new new area in and, and the Bible Chapel helped with funding some of that and uh, you know our actually in, in a couple of weeks when we get back we're gonna have a special service just with the team and with Tracy and her family and we're just gonna remember God's faithfulness through the life of a friend and we're gonna put his ashes there just to, just to remember miracle you know just because not because Mirka was the savior, you know, but remembering a leader who had a significant impact in people's mm -hmm. lives. And so it's one more step in the direction of healing for that team so that we can honor the past and also think about the future, you know. But. I went down and uh, uh, Jindy will remember this, uh, spoke to the team right after Mirko passed mm -hmm. away. And uh, it was a couple months, the new leader was there. And uh, I remember uh, Laura and I, we were down in a room in the kind of the basement area of a house. <clears throat> and I could just feel this team doesn't even know what they don't know, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're not even able to grieve yet. Yeah. And that was a hard time. I think Jendi would, uh, would agree with that. And we tried, I, you know, we tried to talk about some things there, but, th but no one was ready to, mm -hmm. no one was really ready. And it was, a, it was an interesting dynamic. And I just thought, man, this is, is going to be a process, process. here. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So you guys have been a part of that process. And, mm -hmm. And uh, we're, you know, le leading the first trip from the Bible Chapel to Panama. Yeah. Now being directors of Word of Life Panama. Yeah. That's your title. Right. Word of Life Director Panama. Right. <laughs> no, you're impressed with titles. Okay. Yes, it's um, so important. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So um, real quick, as we wrap up, future of... Uh, we want to part. We're partnering with you guys. Mm -hmm. we're, we're we're partners. We love we love it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, no other place where we can send people down. We love Panama because relatively safe. You got a camp. We can send 50, 60 kids. Mm -hmm. uh, American dollar. Get by with English. Mm -hmm. uh, short, relatively short flight. 
right? Mm -hmm. So we love this partnership. Mm -hmm. What's the vision of uh, What's the vision of Word of Life Panama? Mm -hmm. Well, we um, coming in and assessing the situation. My my first focus was team health, just looking at how the team was doing, and one of the components of health was making sure that they had the support they needed. Uh, most of the team that's made up of nationals, um, you know, our team's diverse. We've got people from the U.S., uh, China, Peru, Ecuador, Mexico, Argentina. I mean, it's amazing to see the dynamics on that team. But uh, all the good things, uh, also there is the challenge of their health and, and realizing they don't have health insurance. They don't have uh, any retirement. They, some of them barely have uh, a quarter of the, uh, the support that they need. So what we decided to do was we're going to focus on support raising. So I've challenged the team. A couple months ago, we put them through some training, uh, a couple days of, of talking about how to do support raising and how we're going to do this, how we're going to hit this. And so they they have this coming year, 2020, to get everybody to 100%. And so the challenge is 100 with 100. 100% of our missionaries with 100% support. Mm -hmm. Never been done before. The team has never seen it. Half of them barely believe it's possible. Mm -hmm. But I know God can do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to drop back and punt in some of our ministries and, and put those on hold for a little bit. And we're going to give the missionaries all the time and all the resources that they need to focus on that. And and. They're responding. I mean, Jindy's a good example. She's gone up uh, 25% in two months, you know, so she's done a great job. And I, and when they reach 100%, we're going to throw a 100% party and, and keep proving that it can happen. So that's one piece of it is taking taking care of the house, cleaning up the, the house and, and taking care of our team because people want to join things that are healthy. And so when the team is doing good, people will notice that. And, and I will point out that, you know, I've been now to other places. I had a chance to preach at Nicaragua and, and uh, for Word of Life, and they know about the relationship with, with the Bible Chapel. In fact, the director in Nicaragua said, we all wish we had a Bible Chapel mm -hmm. in our corner because they can see the investment over time and the difference that's been made because that this church has stood behind Word of Life Panama, you know? So that's, that's, that's one big piece is, is the support of the missionaries. Um, and, you know, I've, I've tried to help them articulate things. Basically, like 1% of support is about 40 bucks a, a month for a missionary. So, you know, we haven't decided to do the Adopt-A-Missionary program. But, you know, if people think about it, that's an easy way to reference it. It's, if you have that uh, ability to get behind the missionaries, that would be awesome. Um, the other piece is, though, we're, we're actually going to plan an upgrade for the whole facility. And so we have a team of, of engineers coming down in March who are going to spend the better part of a week planning, measuring, surveying the property, interviewing staff, taking all those ideas. And at the end of the, at the, end of the visit, they're going to have a rough draft of, of where the campground is going to be in a few years. And um, we're going to have a price tag and we're going to have uh, le uh, different uh, phases with those price tags and what those phases include. But we would really like to extend the reach of Word of Life um, into different economic groups. For a long time, we've done a good job of reaching the, the lower class in Panama, and that's an awesome, awesome and vital ministry. But the middle class and the upper class are growing in Panama. It's one of the strongest economies in Central America. So I would love to be able to reach across the strata. And so to do that, we have to prepare. We have to set the table. So we want to make that campground premier. We want to set that up and, 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 and really exercise the potential. There's lots of places in, in Word of Life and other places where they've done a good job, and I think it's time for that, that campground to see some new, some new life. So we're praying for that. And then, of course, just the, just the ongoing you know, situation with camp season and stuff like that. I mean, the gospel, it, people are hungry for the gospel in Panama. We can go into public schools and preach the name of Jesus Christ. We've had teachers ask us for Bibles. We've had teachers give their lives to Christ in a regular school day. 
and they, they ask us, how, how can I find out more, you know? I remember last time that happened in the United States, you know? But it's, 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 it's one of those things where there's a window of opportunity, and if you don't hit that, you will regret it because it's a dynamic that's constantly moving. When you look at like the, the, the movement of the gospel, uh, historically, this isn't a history lesson, but you start in Jerusalem and you see the movement of the gospel towards Rome and then Western Europe and eventually the United States, and it's almost like this: the center of the gospel is moving around the world. And uh, what tends to happen is, is there's almost like this wave, and after the wave, there's a hardening sometimes. And it's, it's um, a great example is, is Turkey, which Tunch could speak to. Something like 60% of the New Testament happened in that country, and today it's 99% Islamic. So what happened, you know? And right now, Panama's hungry. They're open. When I talk to people about Jesus on the street, they thank me. <laughs> they're not offended. They're honored that I would care enough to ask about their soul and where they're going. That... And, I'm like, man, while that's happening, we have to hit that, you know, because I don't know how long it'll be that way. So, yeah. Some great things uh, uh, are going on, mm -hmm. and uh, we're, we're, we are humbled, and we're thankful to be a part of that yeah, with right. you guys. Um, it's pretty cool uh, talking to you when you got back from the first trip from Panama and now leading that group over there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a pretty cool work of the Lord and mm -hmm. just getting started with mm -hmm. you guys. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Yendi is a rock star. <laughs> I take that everything I say. <laughs> uh, before uh, we wrap this up, uh, John, you've been, a, you've been a huge part of our church for long. Both you guys have been a huge part of our church for so long. Um, talk to our staff. Encourage our staff. Uh, just give you a few minutes to do it. We haven't rehearsed anything, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as, you can, as you can see. Uh, and... Um, you know, we had a little time uh, in Tampa just to kind of catch up on what was going on here. And, and uh, you guys, again, you have you probably know things before I do uh, mm -hmm. with the friends that you have here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've gone through a lot this past year with our staff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, um, so uh, whatever you want to say uh, to our staff, I trust Oh, yeah. I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can say something real quick. Go. I, um, I'll just say... Um, you know, we've gone through hard things on the mission field as well, and um, and just over time in ministry. And I remember when we were first um, going through our missionary training, one of the things they kept telling us was just remember why you were called. Remember what, why you're doing what you're doing. And so that when the, the bad things happen or when the hard things happen, that you remember that, you know, God called you and that he has a purpose for it and that... Um, it kind of keeps you going through the hard times. And so that for, for me has been something that's been our anchor. Um, you know, the ups and downs, the change of missionaries that come and go to the field and, um, you know, the hard things that happen with your kids or whatever it is. Um, just remember why you're doing what you're doing and remember the call that God has on your life. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know, um, Distance gives perspective, and I think about, you know, when I was at the Bible Chapel um, years ago, you know, I had my complaints, I had my things that I didn't like, I had my stuff, I was like, man, this guy doesn't know anything, you know, <laughs> this, this, this person thinks this, this person thinks that, and I, I you know, you, over time, you, 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 get, you get embittered, or you get frustrated with stuff, and I remember, you know, seeing new staff coming in, and, and everybody thinks, that, you know, working at a church must be awesome. Don't you guys just sit around the water cooler and talk about your favorite apostles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, and I remember thinking, oh man, wait till this person hangs around a little longer. <laughs> you, you get into ministry and you find out there's that dark, hairy underbelly, the ugly side of church. You're like, man, I did not think Christians acted like that, you know. But, um, but in our journey, having, having left and, and gone on and done other things and, and, and then also done support raising in other churches, man, you guys need to know you are in a special place. This church is a special place. And um, God has done amazing things. And I'm not just like pumping you full of sunshine. You need to know that, like for real. Like there's a lot of churches that, that, that cannot say the same things that this church can say about the kingdom work and the, the, the blessings globally, the fingerprints that you guys have left um, all over the world in different places. And so, you know, when you get discouraged, if you feel frustrated, if you don't feel appreciated, if you don't feel noticed, you know, um, just know that you're not doing it for, for any other reason but for Jesus, and you're in a good place, and that God sees you, and that's enough. You know, you know, you may not get the pat on the back that you want, or, or you might not be appreciated in some moments, you know, and, uh, or whatever the case may be, um, but, but just know that you are in a good place, and, and take it from someone who's seen a lot of other churches, a lot of other places. It's an unusual church that you guys are in. Uh, your pastor is unusual too. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but no, in, in all honesty, though, it's serious here for just too long. I tried to be serious, you know. but but I mean, just to encourage you guys. You know, it it can be tough. We were just Bianca and I were just reading um, a passage in scripture about not losing heart, not losing heart. And I'm like, that's there for a reason, because in ministry, it's easy to lose heart. It's, it's easy. It's easy to go. Man, has anybody even seen me? Does anybody even notice what I'm doing? See my sacrifice? No one sacrifices as, as much as I do, you know? And you start to feel like you're not valuable or whatever, but man, just, just, just be faithful. Serve the Lord faithfully. Your faithfulness will be rewarded, and the Lord sees you. So, anyway. Great. Let's thank these guys uh, for being here. What a great story God is writing in John and Bianca's life. If you would like more information on John and Bianca and the ministry God is doing in Panama, check out the show notes. You can find prayer requests, learn how to financially support them, and so much more. Thanks for joining us again this week with Fresh Faith. It's a privilege to be with you each week to share God's journey in the lives of His people. See you next time.